0: As I mentioned earlier this morning, this time of year can have a lot of noise and thinking through all the things you got to do and need to do and having distractions. It's easy to lose sight of the promises of this season. And Forrest, he talked about at uh, Communion how we actually celebrate Easter. The crucifixion, the resurrection at the same time as of Christmas, often because it, it's all the act of God in salvation. So, today's message is about the character of Mary. So, what do we learn about the person of Mary in the scriptures and how does that connect to our mourning? Earlier in the service, Reese brought up uh, John 14, and uh, I thought that was very appropriate and really is just uh, the Spirit's leading, I believe. There's a couple phrases in that passage that were brought out that uh, I just want to read again because it ties in so well. Let's just go back to John 14 for a second before we get into the sermon. So in this scene, Jesus is talking about how he's going to go away. And then he's giving encouragement to the disciples. And uh, in that, he promises the Holy Spirit. Let's start in verse 15. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands And I'll ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of Truth. The world is unable to receive Him because it doesn't see Him or know Him. But you do know Him because, listen carefully, He remains with you and will be in you. He will be in you. And reading further on, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you in a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. The Spirit will be in you, Christ in you. And so as we reflect on Mary... I want to point us to the fact that Christ is in us and that what happened with Mary was the beginning of something new. Something new that God is going to accomplish in all the people. So this is the work of the Spirit. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 1 now, bring it back to the Nativity and the theme of Christmas. When we read uh, through chapters <clears throat> 1 to 3 of Luke, we see a few different characters, and yet there is one other recurring character that kind of dictates the path of the narrative, and that's the spirit. It's the spirit that comes to <clears throat> Zechariah, the temple. It's the spirit that comes to Mary to impregnate her. And who guides Gabriel to speak to her. It's the spirit that fills Elizabeth with praise. And it's the spirit that gives Zechariah the ability to prophesy, to proclaim God's promises. So really, the the Christmas story, in as much as it's about Jesus and the incarnation of the word, it's about the spirit. So I'd like to read, uh, starting in verse 26 of chapter one of Luke in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came to her and said greetings favored woman the Lord is with you but she was deeply troubled by the statement wondering what kind of greeting this could be then the angel told her do not be afraid Mary For you have found favour with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be since I have had no sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary replied, I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. The incarnation, the making of flesh of the word of God, the word that John said was in the beginning, that created all things that was with God and is God, was made flesh by the working of the Spirit. Today we say that Mary is blessed. Was it because Mary was special in and of herself? No, it's, she was blessed because the power of the Most High overshadowed her. We look back and, and we see the work of the Spirit. When we look at the, the words of Scripture and we see all these amazing characters that do amazing things, More often than not, the biblical writers say, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon so-and-so, or so-and-so, full of the Spirit, went and did this thing, or the Spirit came upon these people, and then they went out and they did these, these things. It is always by the working of God, by His empowerment, that His promises are made, and His promises are kept, and we are brought into relationship with Him. So when we look at Mary, we see that God chose this young woman who wasn't necessarily special apart from the fact that she was of the line of David, right? There was all these Old Testament prophecies that came to fulfillment in her and through her relationship with her husband, being of the town of David, Bethlehem and all those things. But she was a woman, just like many of you, mortal who had sin, and who received the Lord's promise with gladness. So let's look at this promise and what happened with Mary. Because the same thing happens to us. We're given grace, and we're given the Spirit, and that Spirit of Christ matures in us and goes out into the world. In the same way that God, in his very essence, came into Mary and grew and eventually came into the world, so too we, as we carry the Spirit, are called to bring Christ into the world. We're called to be pregnant with the Spirit of God, to produce the fruit. It's kind of a weird concept, but this is, this is the image that's set forth with Mary. The angel said to Mary, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You know what that word is in the Greek there, the favor? It's grace. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith. Mary was shown grace. This idea that God reaches down and he inclines to us of himself to empower us with himself. And this is what happens with Mary. God inclines his power and overshadows Mary's humanity and her virginity to make her the Lord's mother out of nothing. And so too we, who are mortal and lack, God overshadows us by grace. And what was so beautiful about Mary and contrasted with Zechariah is that Zechariah when he is told by Gabriel that his wife would bear a son and he would prepare the way of the Lord, he says, how can this be? I'm old and my wife is aged as well. And because of it, the angel says, well, you're gonna be mute now until the baby comes, right? And so the Lord shows his power in that. But what does Mary say? Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. And so we hear the gospel. And we say we believe may be done to us according to your word. And God empowers us. So I want to talk a bit about this idea of being pregnant with the Spirit, having Christ in us. I'm going to bounce around a little bit now. Let's go to uh, Colossians chapter 1. So somebody can, uh, once I get there, Colossians one twenty-seven is one of the readings, so put your finger in there. And then flip back to Ephesians. Chapter three. And we're gonna start in sixteen there on that one. And then one more in Galatians, back one more book, I realize I'm doing this backwards, (laughs) in uh, in chapter 2. So starting in Colossians 1, I'm going to start in 25 actually. Paul says that he had become the servant of the gospel or according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the mysterious wealth of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ came and entered the womb of Mary And he's gone out into the world, and through the Spirit, he is now in our hearts, and he is the hope of glory. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul says that, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It is Christ in Paul. And he says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. The promise was given to Paul. And he accepted it. And he went along the journey to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and to be filled. And he says, it's not I who live now, it's Christ who lives in me. Later on, he writes to the Ephesian church. And he's talking about the beautiful unity that now exists between... Jewish people, and Gentile people, because Christ is come, and because of the Spirit, Christ was in them. And he wants them to know that the fullness of God should come into them. I pray, and this is verse 16 of chapter 3, I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his Spirit, And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the length and width and height and depth of of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. So that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That through the spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, the Holy Spirit came into Mary, and Mary sustained life for Christ, so that he could go out and by coming into us, He could give us full life. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So that one day, when He comes, that same life that he possesses, in immortality, the glory that he possesses would be possessed by us because Christ is in us. So Mary's finding grace is not unlike our own finding grace. She was just a normal person and so are we. The purpose of it is the same, that Christ the Word of God may be manifest in the world. Christ has gone into heaven. After his ascension it says that he sits at the right hand of the Father And so, how can he be all places at once in all people, but by his spirit, so that Christ would be in us? I read a little devotional um, just recently with the kids by Max Licato, and it was really, really poignant. I was going to read a small quote from it. Christ grew in Mary until he had to come out. Christ will grow in you until the same occurs. He will come out in your speech in your actions, in your decisions. That new heart that we spoke of, that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You, like many, will deliver Christ into the world. The Christian hope is that God, who is eternal, holy, sinless, and transcendent, has become imminent and intimate with the temporal, with the broken and the sinful, and the mortal and he has offered his very life so that the things that God possesses we too can possess. We all face obstacles and enemies who in ourselves we lack the personal power to overcome. Can't forgive your enemies? Christ did and he could change your heart to forgive your enemies. And he can help you to forgive yourself as well. Can't let go of your past? Christ loves you despite the hurt and failures, and he offers you an unimaginable future full of grace and victory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Cannot forsake your sin? Christ's power works in us, and we are his own. Paul said in uh, Colossians 1.29, um, I'm going to go there now. Just as Christ in us is the hope of glory, it's that in this laboring, we strive with his strength that works powerfully in us. It is Christ in us that delivers us. And so, what can we learn from Mary? Just this simple thing. Receive the news with thanksgiving. At this time in Christmas, think of how Mary received the news that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. And how the Spirit can overshadow you. Bring life into your life. Bring light into your life. Bring victory into your life. Because he offers the same thing. And our posture just needs to be the same. Lord, may this be so, I am your servant. Your will be done and he is faithful to do so. So that's just a simple musing about Christmas. That God came into the world in a young virgin woman and by his perfect work Christ has gone and he sent a helper that is now in us. The Spirit of the Son is in you. Let the Lord grow in you and provide all the life that he has so that he is your joy and he is your consolation and he is your trust and in the end he will be your total healing your glory and your peace let's pray Father I thank you that you sent your son born of a woman so that by faith in him we too would become your children. Lord, that you are glad in Christ to call us your brothers and sisters. Lord, I'm so happy that you are an understanding and faithful priest for us. That you've tasted the same death that we will one day taste. That you were tempted as we were tempted and yet you were without sin. And because you rose again, we have victory over sin and ultimately over death. Fill us, Lord, today. May your spirit work mightily in us, overshadow us with your power, so that we can go forth in joy and thanksgiving every day. In your name, amen. Just as you meditate and you think about these things, I would really encourage you to read the first two chapters of Hebrews. There's a a wonderful mystery and magic about Christmas. This amazing thing that's happened that Christ, who made all things, whom the Father calls God, and this is all laid out in chapter one where The writer of Hebrews elevates Christ above everything, all created things above angels, gives him divinity. At the same time, he makes him imminent. Chapter 2, where Christ is made man. And so we have this, this hope that we can truly be joined with God because he has joined with us by his grace. He has reached down and chosen us. He has stepped forward out of his goodwill and his pleasure and his grace to help us. And so in faith, we can say yes. He's close to us. So go in peace. Merry Christmas.